I like to start with something funny. And um, I heard about this minister who was driving down the road when he was pulled over by a policeman. The officer came to the window and smelled alcohol. He saw the thermos and said, sir, were you drinking? The minister replied, just water, officer. The policeman asked to see the thermos and took a sniff and said, it smells like wine to me. The minister said, what do you know? Jesus did it again. <laughs> he turns water into wine, right? So good. I thought in the theme of wine communion, I thought it was quite funny to do this one here. And we've got two beautiful crosses here, and there's his hand playing behind me, which is awesome. And um, thank you for, come on, give it up for hand. It's so good. Now, I am so thrilled about this message this morning. I'm doing a two-week series on basically the power of the cross, but the power of communion for health and well-being. And I think if we get this, then we will be changed people. Last week, we had um, Easter, which is my favorite weekend of the whole year. And the reason why is because the power of the cross is so important of everything that Christ has given to us. I love it when on Friday, Good Friday, that Jesus went to a cross and took the, the sin of the whole world upon himself and took it to hell itself. Isn't it amazing? And that he gives us a name change. He puts his name above our name and my, and my name above his name. So we have a change, an exchange. We become holy like he is. He becomes sinful like we are. He takes it to the cross, to hell itself, rises again on Sunday. But on that Friday, he actually, he actually um, declares us righteous. The word that is used is justification. Same as righteousness. And that same word basically says, as if you had never sinned. And he brings us right back to before Adam ever did anything wrong, Adam and Eve, right before when they were still innocent. And if you are born again Christian, that's your status right now. That's who you are. You have been declared righteous and innocent forever. He died once for all. But that's Good Friday. We haven't even got to Sunday yet. Good Friday is awesome, but you have been declared something, but nothing has changed on the inside. We need to change from the inside out. So on, good, on, on, on Resurrection Sunday, he gives us new life. It is not just a name change. It is an impartation of a new nature. He, it is new life. It is new life, don't worry. It is new life, but it's new nature. So the old nature is cut out. And he gives us his own nature, his divine nature. God's nature himself is put in our lives as we're born again, born of incorruptible seed. Can I have a good amen? amen? This is so powerful. Now today, like I said, I want to do this two-week series on communion. And today I'll talk about one side of things, particularly about healing. And next week is going to be amazing, but I won't give it away yet. It's going to be absolutely powerful and it will change your life as it changed my life. Very important. So we're going to go to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11, maybe you can turn to that. Anybody still got a Bible? Oh, you got a Bible, come on, Josh, give it up for Josh, he's got a real Bible. <laughs> he's the only one, right? I don't even have a Bible here right now, it's just notes, you know, it's all, it's just so bad. No, no, it's on your phone, it's good. It's just nice paper, it's just nice, isn't it? I got this, anyway, it's all good. And then we're going to go through it. So here, Paul, in Corinthians, one of the things right now here in the, in the 11th chapter, he is actually talking to the Corinthian church, and he is bringing discipline and correction because things are warped. Things are not very well, particularly in relation to communion, and it's having a massive impact in their lives. Have a look at this. 
long scripture. Now in giving these instructions, verse 17, I do not praise you since you come together not for the better but for the worse. First of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it, for there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, is it not to eat the Lord's Supper? For in eating, each one takes his own supper now ahead of others. The one is hungry and the other one is drunk. What? That's what he said, what? Literally, it's the Bible. What? Drunk in this... Who's smiling? <laughs> I love people smiling. Engagement, you know. Um, what? Do you not have? That's funny. It's actually quite funny. Do you not have houses to go to? And you can go drink over there and eat in your own house. But when we come together, or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. Sam, I am. It sounds like that, doesn't it? I do not praise you, Sam, I am. For I received, that was not in the Bible, this is, yeah, okay. For I received from the Lord, here we go, here we go. I received from the Lord that which also I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take this, take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup the Lord's Supper saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, verse 27, <laughs> excuse me, eat, therefore whoever eats this bread, here we go, or drinks this cup in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord, we ought to examine ourselves before we eat the bread and drink the cup. For those who eat and drink in an unworthy manner, eat and drink judgment on themselves, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep, died. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. For when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let them eat at home. Or drink, go home. Lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. Next time. He is peeved off. Paul is not happy. He is not happy what's happening here. I'll ask you a question. What do you think is the true meaning of Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper? Is it a ritual to be remembered or observed? Or is it a blessing to be received? A blessing of health and well-being and wholeness. Is it possible for us as Christians to walk in divine health? Is it possible that maybe God gave us a tool, elements for us, a provision for us to be healthy? The answer is yes, already. At the end you'll say yes with me. But I say now the answer is yes. Because Jesus Christ 
gave us both salvation and he gave us healing. Right? On the cross, salvation paid for our sins once for all. Done deal. But he also gave us healing. It's in the atonement. Amen? Amen. See, the thing is, though, it's wonderful to have salvation, but after salvation, the most important thing is health, isn't it, in our lives? If you don't have health, you don't have a great life. You can have all the money in the world, but if you are sick in bed, you don't have a great life. Health is really, really important. If you are on your deathbed, you will not wish for more money. You will not wish for more influence. You will not wish for more things. You wish that you could live and be healthy. Amen? Amen. To live more life and to love more people. And this is also what God's desire for us is. See, Jesus in John 10, 10, he says, I came to give life, life more abundantly. The whole life that Jesus gave for us, this perfect life on the cross that was just incinerated by the whipping and all these things, the blood, you couldn't even recognize him anymore. His perfect body was broken for us that we might have his life, that beautiful life that he had before, that we might partake of this. This was a powerful exchange. It is really, really powerful. In the same scripture, it says the devil is the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? He is the one who brings sickness, death. There's no sickness, there's no death in heaven. It comes from hell. It's not part of the deal. See, the greatest miracles that Jesus did is what? He healed people. He healed people. He healed people all the time. He did not walk on water all the time. He did not catch a a gold coin out of a fish all the time. He did not turn water into wine all the time. But he healed all the time. Every day. Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with power, who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Isn't that amazing? See, God wants us well. God wants us healthy. Can I have a good amen? Tell your neighbor, God wants you healthy. Tell the other neighbor, God wants you healthy. He wants you healthy. Okay, here we go, the Old Testament. The, 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 the uh, Israelites have been slaves for 400 years and now God's going to take them out out of Egypt, bring them to the promised land. But the amazing thing is, and you've made read it before, but it doesn't matter, I'm just going to go through the scripture, that there was no one feeble, there was no one sick. Psalm 105, God brought them out with silver and gold and there was not one, no one, feeble among his tribes. Feeble means lack of strength or frail or sick. No one was feeble in this way. Scholars said there would be about two and a half million of these Israelites who were leaving Egypt in this way and none of them were feeble, weak, or were sick. Because it was provisioned by God, gave it to him. Powerful. You know what had happened is the first Passover. And we just celebrated this last week. When the Israelites celebrate the first Passover, they killed the lamb. You may remember the story. And they used the blood and put it on the doorpost, right? 
and the lentil becomes a cross. And then when the angel of death, you know the whole thing of those plagues with Pharaoh, the last one was about the death of the firstborn. If you had the blood on there, there'll be salvation in your house because death would not come to your house. And then they would eat the roasted lamb. Did you know that? Lamb chops. Man, it's like New Zealand. The first time I came, somebody asked me the other day, I think it was the bubble dust. Jonathan said, what do you like most about coming to New Zealand in the beginning? I said, there was lamb chops and there was tip-top ice cream. I have never had anything so beautiful. And those, in those days, it's like 34 years ago, we had those big bags of, of, of lamb chops you buy in the free frozen, you know, like 10 bucks you know, for a big bag, you know, and you stick them on the barbie, you know, and like this, it was absolutely, it was heaven here. That's why I came back. I only came back for one year to say hi to Catherine, see you around New Zealand, see where she came from, go back to Holland and live our lives over there. But when I came here, it was a land flowing with milk and holly, honey and lamb chops. <laughs> and ice cream. It was absolutely beautiful. So I was enticed, Catherine. It's not very fair. You knew this, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, Catherine wanted to go back to Holland. Well, you can go back to Holland. <laughs> You're going back to Holland anyway very soon. It's very interesting though, isn't it here? It's a whole picture of Christ, isn't it? The lamb. They used the blood for forgiveness and, and salvation, right? And then they would eat the body. <laughs> eat the body. So good. So good. So good. Eat the body. In this way. Two and a half million people came out. It says that they were heaven laden with gold and silver. They were rich. They had provision from God because God is their provider. And the second thing is nobody was feeble or weak. Isn't it amazing in this way? And we see this in the life of Jesus too. The only thing he does all the time is calling salvation out of people. But basically he says, hey, you provide. He gives the fish, you know, five fish and two loaves. It makes 20,000 people eat. You know, he gets the wine again on the wedding when the wine runs out, you know. He gives uh, the fishermen all this fish in the thing. He just gives the cold corn. He is, he is provider. See, God is Jehovah Jireh. God is our provider. This is the heart of God. This is the heart of Jesus always has been. But the second thing he did, always Jesus, like I said before, he always healed people. Because he is Jehovah Rapha. He is the God who heals. It's in his name. It's in his name, sorry. And when we honor his name, healing comes into our lives. Okay, that was kind of a preamble. Here we go to communion. So here we communion. We got the two elements. We got his, the bread. This is body that was then broken for us, right? Like the lamb of God, slain. And we got the cup. Wine, but it's not wine. It's juice. Sorry for some of you. Juice. Forgiveness of sin, but really about a new covenant, which I'll talk about more next week. Now, my experience, and I don't know if it has been with you, it's been a while now, but my experience was a, was a bit more like a ritual. Communion was a ritual that you just do in church. Once in a while, we've got to do this thing, and we've got to do this cup. It's a bit gross, really, the whole blood of Jesus thing, but, you know, a bit like that. And I said, I don't even understand anything about it, you know, but I've got to do this thing, but it's, uh, you've got to do it in remembrance of Jesus. I said, well, that's fair enough. He gave his life. He gave his salvation. Let's do it in remembrance of Jesus. But... It was just like a memorial service. Tomorrow we, we, we celebrate Anzac. That's the bridge of remembrance where they'll do some stuff. And we remember those who have fallen. It's a beautiful thing. And we thank them. But sometimes we think communion is like that. It's a memorial service. It's like a funeral service. 
Now, of course, on Friday, we do that. We, we remember that Jesus died. But, of course, he didn't stay in the grave, did he? He rose gloriously on the third day. Amen? But sometimes we can still think that it's a funeral service. When I was young, I thought, oh, man, this is so depressing. And there was soft music. And there was, there was no celebration. I was a reformed church, I know, in Holland. It was a bit depressing. I know you're not part of this thing here. But I'm, saying, I'm just giving my background what happened. It was really depressing for me. And I was so afraid of the thing. I was so afraid of this because it said in the Bible, hey, if you do this in the wrong way, then you get judgment on yourself. Not only that, you're going to get sick and die before your time. So I'm not touching this thing, you know. I don't know if you feel that. But some of you may come out of and you feel like that. You feel like, man, this is freaking me out. This is so scary to do this kind of thing. And then they said, hey, you've got to confess all your sins before you come. Because if you take it in an unworthy manner, you're gone. Well, not necessarily, but you can't die before you, yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, man, I don't want to, you know, this is scary. What a misinterpretation of this scripture. I'm going to make you fall in love with Jesus all over again this morning. Because this is the most powerful thing you'll ever hear. We've got to ask the question. If God wants us well, he wants health, and he is, his nature is to heal, then why are so many Christians sick? It's a good question to ask. I'm just asking questions today. I'm reading scripture, and I'm asking questions. I'm a commentator. So don't go after me after the service. Like Gideon, that's not, whatever. It's the word of God, right? Like this. Well, I've got one scripture for you. It actually says why people are sick, why people are weak, and why people are dying before the time. There's one scripture in the Bible. We just read it. Then we go back to it again. Verse 29. For those who eat and drink in an unworthy manner, eat and drink judgment on themselves, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, everybody say reason. For this reason, many are weak and sing, sing among you, sick among you, and many sleep, which means like many have died before that time. This was written to Christians. This is the Corinthian church, but Paul is really peeved off because they're just abusing this whole thing in this way. This is why he is writing to the Corinthians church in this way, to correct an issue and to bring revelation so that healing can flow to the people. See, the reason why people were sick is because they took communion in an unworthy manner, not discerning the Lord's body. That was the issue. They were doing it the wrong way. It's not because they were unworthy. We just had the gospel. On Friday, you were declared completely holy and righteous and innocent forever. So it has nothing to do with sin. It's already paid for. So it can't be that. Right? So what are you talking about discerning the body and all this kind of stuff? The problem was they were doing it in a wrong way. See, what they were doing, they were not discerning the lost body. They were not looking at it. They were actually partying. They were getting drunk on the wine. That's why he said, go home if you want to get drunk. This is not to get drunk because what's happened to you, the opposite of what is meant to be with the scripture, will come to you. Some of you will get weak, sick, and die before your time. But of course, the opposite is the truth, that if you do take it, you'll be healthy, well, not weak, and you live a long life. You guys are very quiet for this. Huh? This is one of, one of the best scriptures in the, in the Bible, in my view. 
It's amazing what this thing is. So what they were doing, they were not having faith in the elements. Because it's faith that will bring the elements and the, the actual substance of heaven into your body. They were doing the opposite. And that's why they were still under the judgment, the curse of the earth. The divine sentence that came after Adam. Weakness came, sin came into the world. Toil. I understand really hard to have babies. I don't know how it was early on, before, before you had babies and before the fall. Because he says now you have to labor and the pain and all this kind of stuff. I wonder what happened before that. You know, how was it before you having babies? The sneeze. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a donkey. <laughs> oh, whatever. I don't know what this is. Whatever. So they were not doing this by faith because, you know, one of the things I don't talk about today, but I have talked about it before. It's part of my book that's coming up. Are you impressed? I'm writing a book. It's in my mind. It's not there. It's, this is the one. It's on communion. And the thing is, though, I talked about last week that they have love feasts. So they have love feasts uh, the, all the time, like every day. They would come together at night. They would go in their homes and also the church. They would do stuff like this. And they would eat the meal, drink the wine, be jolly. And then they have communion. So the problem was they were absolutely drunk, some of them. And they were completely looking at the worldly thing of eating. And they were not discerning the Lord's body. They were not discerning by faith what Christ has done for them, so it was not benefiting them at all. Actually, the opposite. And so Paul says, what's going on here? Some of you, many, he says, not some, many of you are weak, sick, and die before your time. And this is why it is that way. Because the healing power that comes through this beautiful meal is actually part of your inheritance as a son and a daughter of God. Because Jesus paid not only for your sin, he paid for your healing. By his stripes, Isaiah 53, you were healed. And the manifestation of that healing only comes when you discern the body. When you say, yes, I believe this. Otherwise, it will never come into your body. And that's what Paul is talking about. You can see the divine sentence in the world. People are getting sicker and sicker all the time. Do you see it around you? Not just COVID now. I'm talking about sicker, even outside of COVID. People are getting sicker and sicker all the time. See, our bodies are still part of that. Our bodies are not redeemed yet. Our spirit is. We're sons and daughters of God, fully redeemed, awesome. But your body is not. Only when Jesus comes back, we'll have a new body, and then we'll have no more sickness, no more crying, no more death. Amen? But until that time, we're going to live in this world. And this world is quite toxic. This world is quite toxic in this way. And we are subject, all of us are still subject to this. I wonder, looking at the scripture, I wonder if God gave us a remedy. I wonder if he gave us a way out, a provision for Christians and for sons and daughters to counter the process. Just wondering. Do you read your scripture yourself? I just wonder... Because that's Paul, it's not, he's not angry for nothing. I wonder if that's the case. I wonder if it's a divine, by divine encounter with this meal and with the God of heaven by faith. I wonder if it always was meant to be a divine counter of healing, provision, and also protection. I wonder. Do you wonder? I wonder that without the Lord's Supper, 
I'm talking about taking it the way it's meant to be. I'm not talking about as a memorial service. I'm talking about as to take it as right now impacting my life. I wonder without doing that, whether we asking for it. Like it says here, and we're getting weak, sick, and die before our time. And he said, not a few, many he said in the Corinthian church. So there must have been chaos there. And I know they were a bit chaotic. They were pretty bad, some things. But it doesn't mean how many. It's just the way that it's happening in this way. Maybe this communion was an antidote, a divine antidote to this process, maybe even to the aging process. Whoa. I know some people in this church, they're not here right now, but I saw them last week, man. They're in the 70s. And I said, you guys look so good. Why do you look so good? says, communion every day. Every day. For years. Every day to take communion. I said, no wonder. You just look different. Just, the way, how are you doing? I mean, I'm not saying you're not going to die, but I'm saying to you, maybe it stops because the blessing of God is actually, actually touching your life. Otherwise, what are we talking about? What is our faith about anyway? Jesus healed everybody. So he heals stuff, man. That's what he does all the time. It's reality. It's, it's substance by faith. So here it also can be substance by faith in our lives. So I looked it up last night, how many people are getting sick. You know, the whole thing of the, the is we're spending $20 billion every year on health, I think. Well, it looks yesterday. Yes. Who's a nurse? Who, who doctor? Who knows about this? It says, it says $20 billion, I think it is. It's like this. Every, I mean, why are they building more hospitals? I thought we were going to take hospitals down. I thought the Christians had so much. I'm going to be prophetic now. The Christians are so awesome in this place. The people that's walking out of this place, they're not sick anymore. Because they're getting healed. Because the Christians, I guess, you go in there, going to get them healed. And they've got no job anymore, so they, they're turning this thing down. No! No, the devil has his way. Building more and more. They're beautiful. I don't get it. They're more beautiful than more modern and nice TVs and nice warmth and nice meals. I get that. But that's not what it's all about. That's just making comfortable the stupid sickness going on. But the thing is, they're building more and more hospitals. That doesn't make sense to me. No, serious now. Come on. We're getting sicker and sicker all the time. What's wrong with this? What about if for believers, what about if there is a meal like this? What about if there is something like this that God has given to us that when we encounter this beautiful meal, is there something happens in our lives? I tell anybody who's got sick or cancer or whatever, have this three, four, five times a day. All the time. Keep on acknowledging. Keep on discerning. Jesus, you said, and I receive. Thank you very much. And then he is obliged because he did it. He did it. To bring it to it. Now, don't ask me why sometimes these things don't happen in here. I get that. Sometimes these things don't happen. And I, that's also the mysteries that I have. But it doesn't undermine our experience of whether people get healed or not. It's not going to undermine your, hopefully, and my theology. Jesus healed everybody. And Jesus says, you do miracles like me and greater. So let's not, let's not water down. Whatever happens, let's not water down the gospel. Amen? By his stripes, we are healed. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, he's one of my, my favorite um, heroes of the faith, Smith Wigglesworth. He was a simple, um, simple plumber, and then he just ra God raised him up with a healing anointing, right? He called the healing apostle. He was an incredible guy, what he do? I mean, he would go and do service, and the anointing, whoa, is so strong. The anointing would be so strong that people say, hey, we can come close. They couldn't even get close to where he was standing. They had to crawl on the floor and couldn't reach where he was standing. The anointing was that strong. 
I think it's going to come back. Why, why is that like it's 100 years ago? By the way, I saw something last night, but I want to leave it for next week, but I'm going to say it anyway because some of you will not be here next week, back in Auckland or wherever you are going from. I heard last night something amazing happened. Lou Engel. Anybody knew Lou Engel, one of the prophets in this world? Lou Engel, very known. He was in, uh, um, where was he? That's right, Israel. <clears throat> he just came just now, just now. Got a thing last night. I'm still processing this thing. I want to say more about next week, but I'm saying to you right now just to build faith. The thing is, though, he was saying he's coming off a 40-day fast, water only, right? Just now, just, just yesterday. And he said how Seymour with the Azusa Street revival was 100 years ago this year. And there was apparently a prophecy that was given that 100 years from then, there'll be another revival. It's going to be another revival. And he was talking about this global thing and it had to do with communion. And I was undone last night. I said, Catherine, you've got to read this thing. And it's unbelievable what's happening here. I don't even know how. Next week I'll say a bit more because I'm just undone. Last night I read it. I said, what's going on here? It had to do with communion. It had to do with the power of God. It had to do with the last day revival, the latter day reign, and all this kind of stuff. I thought, what's going on? The God is going to do so amazing. And we hear that, don't we? We feel it in our bones, in our spirit, but some of us anyway, who are awake in this moment. And if you don't go, wake up! Wake up, church. You can't just play little church any longer. That is not honoring to Jesus. He wants you and I to be like him. Come on. Both in purity and in power. Not just purity and community and communion. You can have it for the rest of your life with him. I'm talking about both. I'm talking about communion, but then come. What did I say? Power. <laughs> power. What the world needs to see, there's an antidote. There's something different about these Christians. Come on. I think we're called to go up in the streets again, you know, and go heal people on the streets again. Just go out and just walk around and just heal people. It gives Jesus glory. He paid for it. You know what the, what the guy says? So Smigel Wigglesworth, he was 80 years old. Then he dropped dead at a, at a friend's funeral. As you do. He drops dead. The doctor... Listen to this. The doctor who examines him, he says, I have not found a more perfect specimen of human body. There is no sickness in him. Every day he had communion. I have communion every day. Without fail. And I had COVID, so I don't understand. Be honest, be honest with you. Because uh, I said, hey, like this is true. This. So it's not perfect in my life yet. I had another guy from this church who told me yesterday that he did have that. And he said, two days and boom. He felt like it was just lifted. Boom. Great. That, that should happen. But the thing is, though, it is so powerful. I believe that when we take this communion, I'm still learning about this thing. When we take communion, it is not just provision for health for you, but also, I believe, provision of protection. So I pray for our kids every day. I believe our kids are where they are today because of my prayers and my mother's prayers and Catherine's prayers and Lord's prayers. But I believe there's something about communion and declaring the Lord's Supper over them every day, every morning, and then empowering their lives. There's something about this which is just really, really powerful. And I will do it every day because I want to protect them. I'm the head of the house and I'm protecting these kids. My wife, mother, they will stay healthy. Yeah, the devil may try some things, and he's tried some things in our family, and we had some stuff happen in our family. But I said, no, no, you're gonna, I mean, I mean, Catherine worrying for David. He was going to die in the next day. And Catherine said, you're not going to get my son. And she was fighting there, going around the bed. She found a piece of paper on this thing. 
She was not allowed to read this. She was alone in the room, so she read the thing. Shouldn't have done it. That's good. And it says, they say, if he dies or when he dies. Okay. Yeah, the other way. If this patient survives, do this. Well, that got her going. No, he will not have my case. And she would be speaking in tongues around him all the time. He will live, he will live, he will live. We did the same thing with Atam Atai Manawa. Why his brother's son? He's about to die. His parents fly up to Auckland earlier because he's got an open heart, brain. They don't know what's going on. Stroke. We don't know what's going on. I know so many prayed. We are sons. We prayed, man. We're just going for it. And other people prayed all over the place. They prayed. They say it's a miracle. The doctor says it's a miracle what's happening here right now. He should have been there. It's amazing what's happening. And they closed up. Yes, they closed up his chest. And he seems to be fine. They're x-rayed. So praise the Lord. That's amazing. That's amazing. But it's the prayers of the people and also communion. I'll take communion over him in Jesus' name. Not you will not, the devil, you will not have this man. I think some of you have just allowed the Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit, uh, yeah, not allowed the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Just allow other things to happen in your life and say, no, I'm not talking about even healing. Anything in your life that is from the devil, anything that comes to destroy, anything that has the fingerprints of the devil over it, you say, no! Can I scream at church? No, you will not have my job, whatever. You will not have the sickness. You will not have my kids. You will not have this. And I release the finished work of Jesus Christ. There is so much power in this cross. We have got no clue what the power of the cross was. And that's why Paul was so angry. He says, you've got no clue. You're drinking and being merry. You're eating and being drunk. You don't even see what's going on. And because of that, you're getting sick, weak, and you die. But I suggest the opposite is there too. When we acknowledge him and we acknowledge the finished work man health will come to your life strength will come to your life you will not die before your time we'll see the salvation of God you see the abundant life of God in your life which he promised I'm almost done you may say well how often do I have to do this thing well that's of course interesting is that uh, let's look at the Bible it says here verse 25 as often and then it says again, as often. I don't know, how often, often, Simon? Often. But what's often? A lot? <laughs> he said often is a lot. Okay, let's go to the early church. Surely that's the paradigm here. Early church, right? Just been born, early church. Here we go. Daily they met, say together. Daily they met together in the temple court and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. Daily. <laughs> Daily. They go in the what about you? What about us? I want to say something for this. I felt this revelation yesterday. I tell you something. With the world right now, in those days, I don't think it was that bad. I think the bread was pretty pure still. You know what I mean? And everything was pretty pure. Man, all the toxins, all these years, I tell you, where we are in 2000 right now, 2022, I think we need to take it more because I think there's a lot more toxins and rubbish in the air, in our bodies, in our food, and all the stuff that they do with our food. It's just really bad. I think you need to do more of this stuff to offset the process of the stuff that is in your life, in my view, in my view. I'm basically done now. So Paul reminds the Corinthian church to look to Jesus, to look to Jesus, what he has done, his finished work. And to communion looks at Jesus. It looks at this body that was broken for us. It looks at the the wine, the, the blood that was poured out 
Look who you've become. It's not about you confessing your sins. It's about confessing who you are, who Jesus made you to be. And Paul put, put, pulls it back into the situation. Communion is for you. Say, I'll say for you. For you, not with you. Big difference. It's not about your thing. It's not a conditional thing. It's an unconditional thing. It's a gift from Jesus to you and to me for us to partake in. It's a covenant. I'll say some more next week about it. It's a covenant between God and the Father, not between God and you. You don't have to take your bargain. He has a finished work. He has perfect obedience to Christ, the perfect sacrifice, the perfect everything. And we, by faith, receive this salvation. We just talked about this. Salvation. If you're not a Christian yet, salvation by faith and healing by faith. Same atonement. Same deal. Same thing for us. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of shame. Do this in remembrance of Catherine, of me. No. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus said. It is all about him for you. And so we take this by faith. And I would love this church to become so healthy that deaths are even rare in this place. Unless you are 90 or old you know and, and, you know over 100 okay let's say over 100 you can't be putting things on there so you know church are over 1996 so yeah god bless you just live live uh you know <laughs> don't go don't die on me now but i mean you know what i mean they have a lot full life what what they actually what you full life i mean god gave us 80 years basically that's normal in the bible it says 80 so that's a full life you know what i mean and you don't die before your time come on and so it's very important about this thing why don't you close your eyes right now also online by your head, I just want to, anybody in this room here, you've never said yes to the name of Jesus. You've never said yes. You've never bowed your knee to Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and he went to a cross for you, not to die for you, took the sin of the world and your sin upon himself, went to the grave and rose again to give you new life, a destiny. So he gives you salvation, but also healing. But today you need your salvation. You need to be right with God. You need to have him come into your own life. It says, Romans 10, 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God the Father raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Is there anybody in this room, you need to say yes to Jesus today. It's the best decision you've ever made. I was 10 years old when I did it. I've never looked back. He's been my partner in life forever. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. He will empower you. He'll give you a new life. He'll give you a joy that you've never known before. He'll love you like you've never known before. He'll give you a peace you've never known before. Anybody online, do you need to say yes to Jesus today? Anybody in here? I want to pray in a minute. And if you want me to include you in this prayer, can you please lift up your hand? I want to see who I'm praying for this morning. Is there anybody? Nobody's looking at you except for me. Thank you so very much. Anybody else would like to say yes to Jesus in this place today? Anybody online? Anybody online? Thanks very much. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. I believe also people online. Can we all pray together so they don't feel by themselves? We can pray this prayer of commitment and salvation. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
I love you so much. And I will live my life for you. Make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, come on, let's give it up for these people who said yes to Jesus today. Also online. It's the most beautiful thing ever. Well, now it's a great privilege to come to this communion. I hope you, you have enlarged your vision. Your life could be dependent on it. I'm serious. This Bible. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. And this is my body, broken for you. Eat. Do this in remembrance of you. Eat. By his stripes, looks like stripes on there. Next week, I'm going to use matzah bread. I'm going to explain a little bit about this. Next week, not this week. By his stripes, we are healed. But really believe it. Believe it for yourself. Believe it for your situation. Believe it for your loved one. His body was broken for you. When you partake, when you take of his bread, his life, you partake. Jesus says, you can't even have life if you don't eat my flesh. They're all running away. They're, What's this freak dude talking about? They're serious. They're actually walking away. But he was saying, eat my body, eat my flesh, because when you have part of me, I will fill you with my divine presence, with my divine healing, with my divine life. It's serious stuff, guys. It's not just a memory that we do once a month. Anyone wants this? You want? This not, this not, this not. We have real bread instead of a little cracker. Okay, real bread instead of cracker. I find it very embarrassing the cracker. We have to do it here because it's just so hard to get massive breads and stuff, and everybody goes, you know, well, you know. But the thing is, though, take it. Are you at home? Take a big chunk and say, Jesus, this is your body broken for me. I love your body, and I'm eating your body. Serious. <sighs> get a real cup. Don't get a little thing like that. We're a real pup. Hmm? I say, this is his blood pour out for us forgiveness remember he did it once for all this is who you are it's your new identity I am a son of God I am a daughter of God perfectly fine forgiven beautiful innocent forever but what is attached to this thing is a new covenant I'm going to talk about it next week you, you've got a whole new world that's why the, the whole world was divided between AD and B, uh, BC and a, uh, BC AD 80 BC. No, before Christ, BC 80. The whole world. The whole world changed. Some don't know, but the whole world changed. And take this bread, blood. So, Father, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your body broken for us. That healing would come to us by faith, Lord Jesus. By your stripes, we are healed. We receive it today in Jesus' name. We thank you also for the blood, Lord, that poured out for us, Lord, to make us new creations, to make us sons and daughters of God, and, and brought a new covenant, a new kingdom that we walk into as kings and priests, Lord. Well, we love you so much, Lord. We're so so thankful for what you've given to us and today as we take this lord by faith we recognize who you are we examine you lord we examine you we examine the way we see you lord and we take with confidence and boldness what you've given this beautiful meal and we celebrate celebrate your meal in jesus name and everybody said Amen. now go and eat there 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 Come. amen